0: of days. The current temperature is 30 degrees Celsius and the humidity is 82%. The news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jenny Lam and my co-presenter today is Janice Wong. Good morning Janice. Good morning. On today's programme we discuss fertility rates, This comes as the Family Planning Association of Hong Kong survey released yesterday found that 43.2% of the women it sampled were childless, more than double the figures five years ago. The organization also noted that financial incentives, employer support and quality of education remain major decision-making factors. And while fertility rates are plummeting, the city's population rose by 152,000 or 2.3% compared to the same period last year, an increase partly attributed to the reopening of the borders. So what has led to these trends? How does Hong Kong compare to the rest of the world? And what can be done to motivate couples to have children? After 9:45, we will look at the Consumer Council's findings on the stretchiness of women's yoga pants. So let us know what you think. You can leave us a message here on our Facebook page, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on two double three double eight two double six. So joining us this morning, we have Dr Mona Lam, who is the executive director of the Family Planning Association. Good good morning, morning, Dr. Lam. And also with us is Professor Paul Yip. He's a chair professor and specializes in population health at the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Good morning, Professor Yip.
2: Good morning. Morning.
1: So uh, let's go to you first, Dr. Lam. Tell us about the major findings that you have in your survey and what are the most surprising parts for you?
3: Well, the survey is the family planning, knowledge, attitude and practice uh, survey uh, that we have conducted in last year, 2022, and uh, the most alarming um, finding was that uh, we found um, there is an increasing number of women that they are childless. Actually, the proportion is doubled compared to our survey five years ago, and um in fact we have other interesting findings besides more people they are childless in fact we found um, more women they want to get pregnant and more women they are not um, they have they have not decided or they don't know their own fertility plan so these are the um, interesting data that we can discuss further
1: right um is it surprising? I mean, we've had a pandemic. We've we've had a sort of rather disturbing time here in Hong Kong back in 2019. Is it surprising? Um.
3: During the COVID pandemic, I think that, um, there will be financial instability within the family, um, quite chaotic childcare, and, and also it affects our health status. That's why like, um, planning for marriage, planning for um, uh, childbirth would be delayed. And that's why maybe after the pandemic, people are getting more prepared
1: to having children again. Professor Yip, what do you think the long-term implications are of these findings?
2: Well, I think what we have seen, it is a continuous and um, de- consistent declining of the fertility rate among the married women. I think based on our family planning survey, I think in uh, 20 years ago, I think our uh, actual parity is about 1.47, and now it has gone down to about 0.9, and then we will expect, I mean, the trend will continue. I think uh, because of this extra low fertility rate and then that will have a substantial impact I think to the population development in Hong Kong and then we will see the aging situation will become more acute than before and I think that is uh, the situation.
1: Uh, can you elaborate what do you mean by 0.9 parity? What do you mean uh,
2: by that? 0.9 because I think in order for a population to be able to replace itself, I think uh, each woman, I uh, think they need to produce about 2.1 babies I mean, to replace the population. One is to replace a mother, the other is to replace a father. But now what we have now is only about 0.9. And actually the total fatigue rate for the whole population in Hong Kong is even lower we are talking 0.7 so we are really talking about we just do not have have enough babies having to replace the population and that's why we have such an acute uh, ageing situation
4: right and, and professor Ye, but how, how does Hong Kong compare I mean um, its uh, fertility rate has been uh, falling for some time um, but it's not alone right I mean there are other places that uh, that's are experiencing very the same true. problem I
2: mean uh, what we see um, uh, most of the high income especially the Asian society societies i think when we see in taiwan in singapore i think in south korea in japan we all have such a low fertility rate i mean so what we call we are fell into this fertility trap i mean that we might not have the ability having to get out of the trap i mean to not only we are not talking about to go back to the 2.1 replacement level i mean is there any chance of of the bank. I mean, we see the chance is very slim now, but what happened in Hong Kong, because I think it's the speed of reduction and then the magnitude of the reduction, it is the lowest, I mean, uh, among all this society. So that's why it makes our situation, I think, even more acute, I think, than others.
1: Uh, Professor yeah, I mean, here in China, what we don't have a problem with is a lack of people. In fact, the latest uh, Census and Statistics Department figures show that our population is now um, 4. 4, uh, 7.49 million. Um, And actually, uh, most of it comes from the border reopening. So, you know, when when you talk about replacing the population, we have lots of people coming in from mainland China and presumably they will bring their young children as well. Doesn't that kind of solve the problem?
2: Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, in terms of the numbers, I mean, we might be able, I think, to maintain a level which uh, uh, can offset, I think, the reduction due to the natural reduction, right? Because now we have more death than birth in Hong Kong now. However, I think in terms of the population development, it's not only the size it matters, I think the composition it matters too. I think what we really want it is that those people who decide to re- in hong kong i think they will i think they will be happy to stay in hong kong and also i think it is the interaction the, the interactive between the local and the new migrants is also will become another concern i think what we really want to do is this, this new migrant they come to hong kong i think they can be settled well and they think they can be well received by the local and such that we will build a Better or uh, more harmonious society, but if there is all the increases from the migrants, I think that will create some sort of sentiment I think among the locals. I mean, what we see in Singapore, in other countries, I mean, they are having this sort of problem when there is too many migrants coming in. I think to go into the population, and then if our capacity, I mean, doesn't absorb them well, or we do not provide a good support for them, I think to assimilate to the local. Community, I think then does the, then the problem will emerge.
1: Okay, um, joining us now we have a listener Tony who is online. Tony, hi, how are you?
5: Hi, good morning. Everyone. Morning. I'm yeah, Tony. please good morning. share
1: your thoughts.
5: Okay, yeah, uh, good morning, Dr. Lam and Dr. Yip. Uh, so I'm a I'm a father of three. I have three uh, children. Uh, the uh, oldest one is four year old, and then there are two, one uh, and a half year old uh, twin girls. So I. Um, I um, yeah, I think that uh, the fertility rate is a big problem in Hong Kong. And um, as a father, I, I think there are uh, three main issues. So um, uh, apart from uh, the fact that our homes are too small and costly, um, I also think that we don't have enough childcare services, especially for uh, well-educated mothers. Um, so I think nowadays many um if you are a well-educated mother, you probably many have already decided not to have children or not uh, get married. Because uh, if they uh, like my like my wife, if they have uh, children, then they need to probably need to give up their career, or they le- need to leave their children with uh, the, the grandparents or, or the domestic helpers. Um, I know that in some foreign countries, they do have a lot of um, childcare, full-day childcare places, so it makes it more uh, friendly for. Um, well educated like middle class professional mothers to um, to uh, give birth to kids and then uh, get back to the um, job market very quickly also I think education in Hong Kong is getting uh, more and more competitive and expensive. It could cost people um, like seven thousand to ten thousand dollars a month to uh, go to a full full day um, kindergarten and also there are lots of um, lots of classes for young children to, to win certificates and achievements so that they can go to good primary schools. So I think that when, when we talk about fertility rates in Hong Kong, a lot of politicians, officials talk about tax allowance and oh, we already support kindergarten education. But, but also these are three big problems that we do need to, need to deal with. This um, So I'm not sure if, the, uh, if our officials fully understand the, um, yeah, the magnitude of the problem in Hong Kong.
1: Okay, so expensive and small homes, expensive education and a lack of childcare. Mona Lam, what do you think? Yeah, I think
3: Tony has uh, pointed out almost the majority of the problems that uh, our people are facing. And that's why we think um, of course financial incentives would be useful, but we need an integrated and holistic approach because um, Without a supportive like, child care facilities and uh, improving the education, um, couples still hesitated to have children.
1: Um, what, what about you, Professor Yek?
2: I think um, Tony is a role model. I mean, I mean he uh, he can produce three babies, you know? yeah. so, I mean, and then we need more people like him. Uh, but it is very true that I think the infrastructure support, I think the childcare uh, uh, support, the education, I think these uh, all are the major concern. I think raised in our survey. I think we also, uh, hopefully, I think uh, we can create a more friendly friendly working environment. I mean, which uh, will lessen the workload. I think of the working parents as well
1: Tony are you still there Tony yeah,
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: so tell us what gave you the incentive to i mean <laughs> I know you have twins, but what gave you the incentive to have uh, two three children
5: oh no no yeah um so uh, basically uh, I, um, I think a lot of parents uh, are actually uh, yeah a lo- lot of young parents are like me um for like five years ago uh, yeah uh, we decided to um we, we want to have a baby and then we also want to give my son a sibling, but then, um, yeah, uh, they're twins, so uh, it, it makes it like three. To- so that's why we have three children nowadays. But um, so I think um, personally, I think I'm uh, very, very lucky to be, afford- uh, to be able to afford to raise three kids, but um, my wife is a full-time mother and I, I, I see that she. Um, to sacrifice a lot for the family. And um, during these past uh, four years, especially during the pandemic, it makes me feel very strongly about um, how hard it is to raise uh, children nowadays in, in Hong Kong. So I, uh, before that, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know this is such a big problem. I don't really understand why, why people don't um, give birth to, to, to uh, any baby. But nowadays, I do understand quite um, fully. So the tax allowance only uh, make us happy, like maybe one month per year, but how about the other 11 months? We need to pay for everything. And then all the pressure, and then all, all the, um, yeah, all, all the um, social distancing during the pandemic, it makes people um, feel really hard, yeah, uh, both for, 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 for the fathers and for the mothers.
1: Yeah, so, so you said your wife is a full-time mom. Would she prefer yeah. to go back to work if she can?
5: yeah yeah so so that's a big issue now that uh, my my uh children are getting getting older so she do she really wants to get back to um to full time work but it's been about four to five years since she um quit her job and so um yeah and then we are not not in our twenties right so um yeah it makes us um really unsure uh so she often often say, even if I want to uh, get a full time job, will anyone hire me? Because I've yeah I've no job experience in the past four to five years, and then the world has changed so much. So it's um, it's a bit mm, you can say that it's it's a personal choice, right? She quit a job um, voluntarily five years ago. But um, is this, she has a master degree and she's well educated and a smart woman, but it's sort of unfair. Oh, because you sacrifice then you yeah you bear the consequence by yourself. So it's yeah it's
1: a bit sad for me. Yeah. yeah uh, so, uh, Dr. Lam, what do you think, uh, are Hong Kong employers um, family-orientated enough, such as welcoming uh, mums back into the workforce once they're ready?
3: um well tony 's wife is a very typical example of uh, women 's difficulty in hong kong um woman 's situation is quite difficult like we we um especially for those who have a higher education so you spend time studying then you find a job and you want to achieve your um career um goal and then by the time when you um wants to get pregnant and maybe a little bit late or you sacrifice your career and then you have uh, your your family first. And uh, for um, the working environment, I believe if you ask People in Hong Kong, everyone would support. Oh, we have to be family friendly. And uh, however, in practical, um, the corporate, uh, the company, they would face a problem. Um, if I allow um, um, mother or even fathers, they have some flexible working hour or longer leave, then they would be in short of manpower. That's why I think, in general, this whole society should be. Being supported, um, not only the parents but also the corporate, they will need some support so that they can implement different policies to support their staff
1: to, like having more children. Yeah, Professor, what do you think? Hong Kong um, employers need to be more family orientated.
2: Well, I think it is this uh, mindset, I think, in Hong Kong, I mean, we always have the longest working hours. And then I think it is uh, sometimes, I think, the mindset, I mean, need to be changed. And also, I think it would be good, I think, if we have some sort of policy, I think, uh, the government policy support. I mean, how um, uh, to make um, our uh, uh, professional or working women, I mean, they are more willing, I think, to have babies. At this moment, I think the Hong Kong women, I think, they really, sometimes they have to make a hard choices whether they pursue their their professional career or they have a family formation. I mean, but why in some other country? I mean, they do not have to make a choice. I mean, they can have a family at the same time. I mean, they can have their professional development as well. So I think it, it is uh, especially we are talking about this Z generation now. I mean, they are looking for uh, the, their um, uh, their own choices. They want to have a more inclusive, I think, lifestyle or, or, or um, I mean they the thing we need to change I mean the employer have to change I mean the policy have to change I and mean, some sort of the working practices I mean, need to be changed too
1: Tony are you still there yeah. Hi Tony so if, if your wife is to return to work I mean your children you you said one is 4 and then you have younger twins right
5: Yes yeah yeah
1: Tell tell us what level of childcare do you think you need
5: um, I, um, I, um, I, I mean, well, I mean, nowadays I, I know um, there are some childcare services, but they are under social welfare, so that's the impression that you, you need to be, if you're a middle class family or if you, yeah, you might get, yeah, um, you might not have that uh, much high chance to get into those childcare services. I, I think that... Um, if my wife goes back to work then, uh, I, I do have a domestic helper at home and she's very good at taking care of my, my twins. But uh, my boy is quite dependent on the mother. So if my, if my wife is to get back to full-time work then, um, I think that I will need to spend um, more money and to find a, like some kind of a tutorial center um, for someone professional to take care of him uh, the whole afternoon. So it could be quite difficult for me um, financially and also for the boy as well because uh, he's growing up um, yeah, being taken care of, her, um, of his mother all, uh, all day. So uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I, I think we um, ideally, I, I think we do need more um, affordable and professional kind of like uh, tutorials Centres in Hong Kong, especially for uh, middle middle class uh, parents like us. Um, yeah, I think that even if I can find like a half day tutorial centre for my for my son, it would be super expensive. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's a big dilemma. As well.
1: Thank you very much, Tony. Mm. Thank you very much, Professor well, Yip. Uh, what do you, what would you consider to be an acceptable level of child support in order for to support families like Tony's?
2: Well I mean at this moment we are uh, talking about the government subsidized scheme. There's only uh, t- uh, two thousand I mean to be offered in the in the market, and then we have thirty thousand births each year. so I think it is definitely is not enough. I think uh, somehow I think especially uh, uh, for Tonglin's family I mean some middle class professionals, I think now if you ask them I mean to pay six or seven thousand dollars i mean to for a child care services. It might be too much for them. So some of the uh, working mothers, they prefer, I mean, uh, not to work. I mean, they rather they spend the time with their children. So I thought, I think, I mean, if we can make their childcare more affordable and more accessible, I think they definitely, I mean, it will, uh, I think, release a lot of human capital. I mean, from this working, from this. From these parents, I mean, who might be tied down by their by their newborns, so I think it is it would be a very good investment. I mean, if we can let these professionals come out to work, I mean, they can also uh, participate in the economic activities. So I think uh, I think the government, I mean, should try to consider, I mean, to uh, 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 to support. I mean, either it's tax reduction. I mean, for those people who uh, uh, who pay for the childcare services, I mean, just that. To provide a more tangible, I mean, financial support, I think, to these parents you know.
4: Right, and, and Professor, yeah, when we when we talk about the policies to encourage people to have more kids, um, are there any examples, successful examples, we can look at around the world?
2: I think if you look at the Nordic country, I mean, like in Sweden, I think in Denmark, I think uh, uh, when they're new, they're they're newborn. I think I mean their city council, I mean they're, uh, they're, they're by law. I mean they have to provide this sort of childcare services. I think to the newborn for those parents, I mean who might need these services. And on the top, I think they have a very longer paternity leave or maternity leave. I mean just to uh, help the parents. I mean, I, I mean, uh, they do not have to make a choices. I mean, uh, uh, that I, uh, I, I not to uh, uh, work or and and then to stay at home. No, but since if you if you make it more flexible enough, I mean that the parents, I mean, can pursue this family formation and then the career development together. But of course, it is not cheap. I mean, uh, the government they do pay a lot of. Of resources, I mean to support that, and on uh, that subsequently, I mean you might have a higher tax rate, but it's really the the commitment I think mean, of the government you know, how do we see this low fertility, and what should we do about it, and then you need to have a commitment, and then you have to put the the resources i mean to these people who can feel that they can they are being supported i mean right. to do that.
1: okay. Okay, um, Dr Mona Lam, another finding um, by the Family Planning Association survey is that there are actually more women who would like to have children um, but they just don't seem to know where to seek fertility treatment examples. Tell us more about that.
3: Yeah, there are actually more people they want to have children and uh and that's why only uh, targeting on like having um, migration for the population i think is not enough because we have to take care of our local women local couple and for fertility i think uh, um the, the very important is we do it um at the very early stage like in prevention prevent them having fertility problem like uh having a good education, tell them uh, you have to plan your family uh, or you plan your fertility plan earlier so that you won't miss the appropriate age for getting pregnant. And um, uh, to couple with the um, uh, planning, I think we can uh, provide or strengthen the pre-pregnancy checkup and screening so that they they can be more, um, I mean, better prepared to get pregnant. And there would be uh, some of the ladies, they have difficulty getting pregnant. Um, Currently, they can seek help from both the public and also the uh, private sector for some service. Um, I think we can also, um, like, make the services more accessible and affordable so that uh, for those who need help they won't be hesitated because of the um like financial difficulty
1: Thank you very much for that thought. Um, and so thank you very much, Dr. Mona Lam from the Planning um, Asso- Family Planning Association and Professor Yip uh, with the University of Hong Kong Department of Social Work. We're coming up to 9.30. and uh, Let's have a look at the weather. We'll have sunny periods and one or two showers today. It's very hot during the day. The maximum temperature will be around 33 degrees in urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the New Territories. Right now, the temperature is 30 degrees. And the humidity is 83%, and here's with the news.
0: The Family Planning Association is calling for a more holistic approach to child-rearing after a survey it conducted found the number of child-free couples in the city had doubled compared to five years ago. It said of the more than 1,500 married or cohabiting couples it polled last year, over 40% had actively chosen not to have children. North Korea has said the American soldier, who crossed into the country from the south last month, had wanted to seek refuge. In Pyongyang's first comments on Travis King, state media said he'd harbored ill feelings against the U.S. Army. Private King ran across the heavily fortified border with South Korea while on a civilian tour of the area. And Donald Trump has promised to present an irrefutable report next week which, he claims, will exonerate him of conspiracy charges related to the 2020 presidential election in the U.S. state of Georgia. Mr. Trump claimed in a video that the charges were designed to undermine his chances in next year's presidential race. And that's the news from RTHK.
2: Mosquitoes transmit diseases like dengue fever, Japanese encephalitis and Zika virus infection. To prevent mosquito bites, make sure you get protected. Remember to wear loose, light-coloured and long-sleeved tops and trousers. Follow instructions and reapply deep-containing insect repellent. Avoid staying in scrubby areas if you feel unwell after traveling abroad seek medical advice immediately and give the doctor your travel details to know more visit chp.gov.hk. the property management industry licensing regime has been implemented from august 1 first 2023 all property management companies and relevant practitioners must be licensed to provide services under the law inspect the register at the pmsa website pmsa.org.hk to check if your property management company is licensed a new milestone for property management regulation breeds professionalism
1: so welcome back to Back Chat. I'm Jenny Lam, and with me today is Janice Wong. Um, we're talking about the, uh, the falling fertility rates in Hong Kong. Uh, so according to a Family Planning Association survey released yesterday, 43.2% of the women they, um, they asked were childless. Now, we're joined by Nixie Lam. Um, she's a legislator. Nixie Lam, Hi.
6: Hi, morning, morning. Everyone. Good
1: morning. Now, first of all, congratulations on having a baby. Yeah, thank you.
4: <laughs> congratulations.
1: <laughs> so, so we're talking about ba- contributor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, what helped you make the decision to have a child?
6: Well, I think it's it's just a, a very grand. I, am I hearing okay? Because I'm hearing my voice. No. Yep, we can hear you. Okay, okay, sure. I think uh, the whole decision is basically uh, quite complicated. I think it's not only like a personal decision. Sometimes it's a family issues as well. A lot of people, when they decided uh, whether they want to have children, they will think about whether they're financially viable, um, what about the education system, housing, and maybe also a lot of people actually thinking about how can they take care of the kids, uh, be a responsible parents, I think that paid a place pretty big part of it these days. A lot of people were thinking about, well, if I have kids, then maybe my quality of life will lower down a bit. Um, What about I can't be a good parent and things like that. So a lot of consideration in it.
1: So we had a caller, Tony, earlier, and he has three children. Um, They're very young, a pair of twins and a four-year-old. And he's Mm. saying there just isn't enough childcare provision in Hong Kong for his wife to go back to work. What do you think? Yeah,
6: yeah, it's definitely... uh We've been talking to the government for quite a number of years to say that we should... Increase the, the number of daycare uh, center or for, or services for them. And on top of that, I think not only the government can play their part on it. We've uh, I've been talking to the secretary uh, of uh, on on whether we can actually talk to a lot of the large cooperation to see maybe we can promote like a like a friendly environment, like giving up giving them um and an, an endorsement on whether they can provide some sort of a daycare facility for their employees as well. So I think that sort of thing is the whole environment to make parents to think okay if I want to be a parent there will be a big so, uh, social safety net not financially but, but that the, the whole ambience that people will, will support you to have kids and, and everything will be okay that kind of thing.
4: Right and you, you said you've been talking about this issue about a lack of childcare for several years mm. now. Um, has there been any progress made? I mean will there be an update? I mean in the upcoming policy address maybe?
6: And financially, the, the investment for, for the government will be quite uh, large as well. Um, if we are talking about asking the government to have uh, a daycare center in that district, I think that will be a big financial investment and, and, and a fixed cost for the government um, in, in, as a whole. But on top of that, as I mentioned, at the moment, I'm, I, I basically shift to the, the, the direction that maybe we can talk to a lot of the large corporations. Like I've been talking to KMB, the bus company. They have a lot of staff that, and and at the moment, there's still a lack of staff. Uh, what we have the conversation is that, well, maybe they, you can have like some um, ladies to come over to work as uh, uh, bus drivers and then work on the six hour or eight hour shifts. And then maybe you can provide some part of the um, um, daycare center for the, your employees. And at the moment, we are in a progress of talking to different departments to see whether they can have a modified part of their day port um, to turn into that.
1: Um, For a company like KMB to provide childcare, uh, they will need some kind of maybe financial incentive. Um, What do you think would be appropriate to help companies like that? Well,
6: I I think um, I'm I'm not actually thinking about the government paying uh, private companies to go into that. If you think about the large corporations, they have a chunk of money pour into marketing or CSR programs they can only cut a percentage out from that and to see what in to what extent they can actually provide we're not talking about instant uh daycare center that kind of intense uh technical thing but maybe we can provide um well the, to have their kids uh, say between five to twelve to have uh, some some sort of like teachers there um, uh, to do some support as uh, and part of some uh, simple education, and just just to ease off the, the pressures of having kids while they're at work and nobody taking care of the kids and the uh, the women will be bound at home they can't go out to work, and and those kind of things.
1: So so you're saying it's, it should be some kind of corporate insp- responsibilities for company to, yes. to to be to have mm-hmm. family orientation. Um, policies. Um, yeah, as I think like alleged-
6: the whole environment thing. Uh, on top of that, also it now you know, nowadays uh, in Hong Kong, more and more mothers were willing to have breastfeeding, but at the same time, uh, since like the whole environment to support breastfeeding is not there. Basically absent. Imagine if you, like, after your paternity leave, you went back to work and then you have to think about okay, um, if I want to breastfeed, well, where I'm going to feed the milk and everything like that. Since at the moment, it's not so and so like encouraged in Hong Kong um, and we need to also think about whether we can provide that sort of environment as I, as I mentioned, it's basically a matter of faith, like people whether they can have the confidence uh, all around it, they know that the government is back, back, backing them up, they know their employers backing them up that, that sort of thing.
1: Have you thought about so so your baby is very young um, yeah. have you thought about uh, the expense
6: that it will take to, to raise this child? yeah you have to do some calculation right you have to think about oh okay for education um investment right uh or like what, what sort of school you you want to you have your child in and maybe some sort of like play play group and things like that in hong kong its education is quite quite a big consideration uh to see well uh, whether, whether the kids need to go international side or whether you want to put them into IB or or whether how many playgroup or how many uh, like external education part you're going to put in. It's just a, a bit, the whole environment in Hong Kong is is a bit like is a competition. So um, it's quite tough.
1: Sometimes it's not just about uh, money. It's, it's also yeah. about the bond between the mother and the child. No, yeah. Nobody can really replace the mother, right? I mean, you may you may mm-hmm. be able to afford to hire helpers, but but. You know, uh, so you, you
6: just have to be there. As I mentioned, yeah, a lot of uh, parents at the moment they also evaluating whether how many time I can invest in to to be with the kids and 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 then um, just doing that decision there. And at the same time, they want to have the like like um, to build their career at the same time. So basically, it's the same time slot between say tw- like like late like twenty to forty. That's basically the time that you can have baby but at the same time build your career so it's basically a lot of people are just doing a, like a choose the choose one from two sort of like decisions
1: um as a working woman uh, what kind of flexibility would you like to see i mean you know when nashco is back in session your hours can be very demanding what kind of flexibility would you like to see
6: well, if you're not looking at logical I don't even have a toilet list leave at all. I think I'm the only person in Hong Kong doesn't have a toilet list. leave. So, so that's the sort of thing we are talking about. And um, um, uh, it, it, if it's a large company, like large corporation, sometimes it's easier. But if you imagine a, ma- a mother is working in a small company, with maybe three to ten employees then the pressure will be there and also the pressure will be there for the employers to whether um, uh, how much or to what extent uh, they can uh, incorporate the mother or, or her needs within the, maybe we can have some sort of like areas uh, Well, as I mentioned for, for breastfeeding you you will have to provide some sort of like pumping session time or areas for, for the mother but I heard a lot of uh, some company will count you have to book a room and then they would count your time they would time you how long you're staying in that room i think that will be quite embarrassing for
4: a mother right. I, I know we've been talking about uh, the yeah. uh, the need for uh, more childcare support uh, i have a mm-hmm. caller here who uh, left a message and uh, she's polly and uh, polly says how about some sort of carers leave at the moment, he, she says, uh, yeah. when I need to take my elderly mother and my baby to the doctors, I need to use up my annual leave. I think the government should have a carer's leave so that as long as you can provide a medical certificate, then you don't have to use up your annual leave. And uh, that uh, message is from Polly. So, Ms. Lam, what do you think?
6: Yeah, I think at the moment we do have some leave for the father, but I think for the Hong Kong situation, a lot of people are also taking care of their family members, not only a one-person or two-person job. As I'm just 1st experiencing that. It's basically impossible. It will be really tough for you to take care of the newborn for for yourself or only for two-person to do a rotation. So I think that sort of discussion needs to be in hand. I mean, the government needs to look at... Um, the uh, the birth rate into a separate situation because we are talking about health related stuff is and and and, and sub- uh, government support or 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 some other stuff but we are talking about across bureau sort of policies to boost the confidence uh, whether they they can have their government support or company support or even we are talking about reproduction. Whether uh, we can actually uh, recommend younger women to go through some sort of test to know their body, and, and and do some early preparation to make sure that if they were they want to go on the path to have baby, they will need to, they would need to worry until later they can plan earlier uh, did, did you feel
1: that you had that knowledge before uh, you no. had your child
6: How, so what kind <laughs> That's of thing i think it's a hard uh, learn from me like i think having a baby is, is, is quite easy but and then apparently when it's past 30 well i get married when i'm 36 and i have my first baby i 41 and i i lost three child and it's just just a very tough path if your your age is there, and some some sometimes it's your hormones and everything. So if I would know my body in in my early twenties, then I could do some adjustment earlier, and or or even go through IVF too earlier to freeze the better quality eggs or, or things like that, and it would be much easier for everyone. So so I think the AMH test like like AMH test you knowing how many eggs. You will have, if you, you know that it's very low, then you can choose to freeze some part of your eggs. And on top of that, in Hong Kong, for the law, you can only freeze your eggs for 10 years. So imagine if you freeze your eggs in, like, when you are 25, then you have to find a husband and get married and use those eggs before you're 35. So I think the the, the, the the time frame is basically, I don't really understand why there's a 10-year like restriction. I think that we're actually suggesting the government to extend that to 30.
1: Um, so, sorry, Nixie, I think there's something um, uh, disturbing the frequency at Durand. end. But anyway, um, you were talking about freezing eggs and, and IVF. Yeah. Um, any idea of the cost?
6: For me, for if you go private, it's actually quite expensive for, because you have to do a lot of blood tests uh, along the line and things like that. It basically, spent about two hundred ish thousand dollars Hong Kong to do the, um, to, the, the, the to, for all the preparations and and before before well, I, I have my child. So that is a big investment. But for the for the government side, if you can support. Uh, some sort of like early test, it will be uh, drastically like in like decrease the whole cost and everything because you know your body and you can do early preparation.
1: Okay, uh, two hundred thousand dollars—that's a lot of money that people yes. just cannot afford. Um, if the if if you're saying that the government should should have some kind of provision for young women to understand the 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 bodies before they become pregnant?
6: Um yeah, it's not only women, sometimes it's the men. So a lot of the test like early tests we can actually put that timeline. So a lot of people are considering having kids when they reach their thirty or early thirty, later thirty. So we need to push that ten year span timeline earlier into the twenties. So they can do some early testing and to make sure that if they want to go down the path to have a baby, they know what they need to do, if if they have some problems for hormones or things like that, which are which are quite common these days. They can actually fix those in an earlier stage
4: but would that uh, really work i mean according to the survey by the family association they, they said uh, many people are undecided at that early age they don't know if they want to have kids yet
6: yeah yeah until later so i think the preparation a lot like it's just not there i mean for the whole society sort of like like environment a lot of people didn't realize they need to plan, the family planning, right? They need to plan just sort of like until you get married and then you say, oh, maybe I will, have, will want to have baby later and then it will be too late.
1: Right. Thank you for sharing uh, about your loss of, of uh, three um, miscarriage. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit more. What, what, how, you know, what could have been done um, to, to help you get through that?
6: Well, first of all, um, I have some like sits inside, right? So if you have some sits and then you need to do some surgery to remove those, sometimes it will just swipe off part of your eggs. So it will just be removed. So when I do my IVF procedures, I will only, I can only harvest eggs from my right hand side. Um, so that's a, a very complicated um, uh, situation. So a lot of women actually have uh, a lot of like, health problems, even though recently I have a friend, uh, she hasn't uh, like had a baby for, for quite some years and then she realizes her cholesterol level is way too high genetically. And so that sort of thing, you need to know your body. That's why I said it's very important to understand uh, what, in, in what, like, basically your situation, your own individual situation, and then you make that decision. Not uh, until it's too late.
1: Okay. I mean, presumably it takes a fair amount of courage to keep trying. Tell us yeah. about that experience
6: it's just tough i mean you just you just went through the roller coaster of having a baby uh my second like failed baby is basically 5 months already and uh it's a dna problem i have to do abortion on that so, it's just a very tough decision and then we have to do, go through like family pressures and also talk about whether we should, we should just give up. We should just go keep trying. And I'm actually already lucky because it's a first time, uh, first time win for, for the IVF. this first time trial and then I successfully have a baby. But a lot of people go through three, five, seven times and it's always a fail. So uh, like, like, even emotional support is also important on that.
1: Um, so what are the key considerations now, whether or not you're gonna have a second baby?
6: No, I'm not, <laughs> because I know my body situation, uh, I still have about two sits down there, so uh, it's quite complicated, uh, so I'll just have one. So it's just a very individual decision, but as I mentioned, our Secretary of Health mentioned that in the electrical session to say that we shouldn't intervene the family's decision on whether they will have kids, but we're not talking about intervene, we're talking about supporting. If the, uh, if, if the couples are willing to have children, that what sort of support that we can, the government can provide, whether it's the health part, whether it's the family planning part, whether it's the emotional part, we need to think through which uh, department or which bureau can actually step in and help out and just boost their confidence over there. Are you going to be pushing for more childcare in go. Yes, yes. I've been constantly talking. I actually, in fact, last week I've been talking to another secretary on on whether we can talk, do provide daycare and and like to talking about with, with uh, working with some private companies to have some maybe um, like a CSR programs to run out on that.
1: I I, I don't mean just with, within the logical building. I mean with, within within yeah, the yes.
6: debate. I've been talking separately into some different companies and also talking to a lot of NGOs to see what sort of what are the current ideas, and what, what can we do? And that is one of the things I really want to push through.
1: Okay, um, yeah. So another uh, another finding of the Family Planning Association is that the, um, the 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 low is a record low of women. Um, uh, ha- having children in Hong Kong is 0.9. Now, actually, mm. Hong Kong, according to World Bank data, is is at the the, the very bottom of the fertility rate. Um, how so do it's you the think? Lowest,
6: <laughs> like in the world.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, do you feel that? I mean, you you carried your baby presumably through the uh, pandemic. Um, yeah. Do you think the pandemic made a difference to whether women are willing to um, become pregnant?
6: I do think so. It's a, it's a, like, sort of like pressure, uh, like on them to like, to, like I went through the pandemic and you're constantly worrying about going out whether I will get infected. Uh, I actually got COVID when I'm four weeks pregnant. So, um, it's just like re-worrying really because you can't take any medicine. The only medicine you can take is paracetamol. So, So um, I think a lot of uh, part of that might be one of the factors that um, they say, well, maybe we'll have our baby later. And like, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Nixie Lam. Um, So Nixie is with the Legislative Council. Um, Thank you very much for joining us this morning. And now it's nine forty-five, and we're going to be talking about yoga pants. So um, the Consumer Council has found that the stretchiness of women's yoga pants uh, has nothing to do with how much they cost. We're joined by uh, Jilly Lam, uh, Jilly Wong, sorry, from the Consumer Council. Jilly, tell us about more of what you found sure. out.
7: Sure. Good morning everyone. Morning. Um, yeah, as, as we all know that uh, yoga is a very popular sport right now and very popular exercise and also many ladies um, take uh, yoga pants also as uh, casual uh, pants uh, to put on on a regular basis. So that's why you know this time we test out um, the uh, yoga pants. Uh, according to their recovery performance, so that means, you know, their elasticity, um, the comfort level, uh, the durability, uh, the accuracy of fiber composition, labeling, etc. Uh, there are a few key findings. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, the good news, you know, to consumers is no matter if it's more expensive or, uh, or a more economical one, uh, we have very good choices for consumers for selecting a yoga pants. But um uh, there are a few things, you know, that uh, consumers have to be uh, aware of. First of all, the elasticity of different pens actually can differ quite widely. Um, if you elongate it, uh, it can be um, differed by 1.3 times, and if you stretch it uh, on the, uh, according to the width, it could be a difference of 3.5 times. So if you are looking for a product that can help you to stretch uh, better uh, with a bigger posture or, or, or a higher elasticity, Elasticity uh, it means you know you have to find something you know that with a high performance on on this uh, aspect and secondly is comfortability uh, because when you exercise um, with um, the, uh, when you put on the yoga pants and exercise obviously you know you may sweat and if the breathability and also the quick drawing performance is not good um, you may find it um, quite uh, uncomfortable to put on because of the dumbness the stickiness and also even um to the worst situation that uh, you may find it itchy uh in your skins and uh uh, also you know if you are sensitive on your skin it's about rashes and allergies so um, we found that in actual fact you know the performance of um, the uh, moisture evaporation de- rate can be different by four times so if you are someone you know that can sweat easily or exercise in a high temperature or maybe more room temperature with a hot uh, weather uh, it's better you know to look for a product that's with higher breathability and also uh, drying performance this is another advice you know that we offer to consumers
1: yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking um, at your findings. Um, the price range of the pants that you tested are between $149 and $980. Um, now, presumably yoga pants being so fashionable, um, whether they're durable, whether they are stretchy, uh, that's just one feature. People, it's fashion. People pay a lot of money to buy fashion. What, what do you think?
7: Well, um those are aspirational aspects of a product. Um uh, but you know, the council focus on the functional aspect of the product because if you are buying something very expensive but they can be um uh, they they are not comfortable um and uh and can be um um damaged, you know, easily after you wash it, uh, it is not value for money, right? So you want you want functional performance you know, aspirational performance. Okay. Functional performance. Uh, what we found is for cheap products, like $149, it scored 4.5 uh, a star. Uh, and for the highest, um, uh, the second highest, you know, uh, product in terms of price, uh, scored a 5.2. So, you know, um, that means, you know, if, if you want to buy for a cheaper product, you still have very good choice in the market.
1: So, what's your advice to consumer if they if, if they decide how much to um, spend on a pair of yoga pants? What What's your advice? <sighs> Um, the biggest advice is obviously,
7: you know, you have to uh, consider what is the use, you know, for this yoga pen. Is this really for exercise or for casual use? Secondly, um, it's about um, the uh, the financial aspect, you know, how much, you know, you want to pay for a yoga pen. And thirdly, apart from the aspirational... Uh, it's better, you know, to be more rational to look into the functional performance as well, according to as I what I mentioned in lot of stretch, stretchiness and also the breathability, the comfort level, and also um, whether it's durable or not. Uh, this time, you know, after we wash it 50 times, we found some products. Um, they have uh, discolored. And even de- detach, you know, um, the color. And um, for certain uh, items, you know, um, it can be um, easily um, um, worn out, you know, more easily as compared with the others. So uh, I think, you know, these are the more rational aspects of um, of uh, of, uh, of yoga pants. You know, that the consumer has to think of. Especially right now, we are promoting sustainable consumption. If you buy something, you know, just put it in the closet, you are creating waste in, and also wasting your money, but not, you know, using it properly. So this is advice, you know. That we offer to consumers. And also when you wash it, don't use heat um, and also don't use the um, um, the, uh, the, the the dryer, you know, to dry it because, you know, and also softener, you know, don't use softener because, you know, that will create um damages, you know, to your yoga pants and make it much less durable or even damages. So huh. these are the very few tips, you
4: know, that we want to offer to right. consumers when you think about buying yoga pants. Right, Miss Wong. I, I just want to uh, go, go into some detail about your selection of the yoga pants. I mean, are they all made uh, of uh, natural material or, or are some of them, like, do they use like recyclable material?
7: Um, Not all. In actual fact, you know, when we look into the uh, material by itself, so, uh, in most cases, what we found is they are made by nylon or polyester. So these kind of uh, fabrics, they are uh, the breathability and also the drying performance in natural fact, you know, is better. But if you are t- looking for uh, more, uh, more um, organic product like cotton fiber, um, their breathability and also the the quick drying performance is relatively is not that. Um, uh, good as compared with the uh polyester and nylon um so that is something you know the consumer has to consider as well because everyone you know when you exercise whether you spread easily and also the conditions you know, the environment that you Having your exercise may differ, so uh, you have to pick, you know, the product that uh, you think is right for you. And if you are supporting a sustainable consumption, probably you don't want to have more organic or more natural uh, fibre. But, you know, in this case, um, the quick drying and uh, performance, you know, probably will be not as good as the others. So this is one aspect, you know, you have to consider
1: yeah you you mentioned that the moisture evaporation can uh, can be a four times difference between these these uh different yoga pants uh what are what are the risks for for people who who buy the well actually it's, it's not necessarily cheaper but but the ones with less moisture evaporation what are the other health risks? Uh, the major help
7: is, is because the yoga pant sticks with the skin, right? It is not a loose pant. It is a very attached you know, to skin. So if the, breathless, uh, the quick dry performance is not good, um, when you weigh it, it could feel a little bit dumb and also sticky after you get a little bit of sweat. And uh, for some people, if you have more allergic skin, uh, you may find it itchy and also um, having uh, the problem of rashes or even allergies, you know, as a result. So it is quite important, you know, um, to look into the possibility okay. and also the quick one performance as well.
1: Thank you very much, Lily Wong, our Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. Uh, We're coming up now to 10 o'clock. And thank you very much um, for everyone, to the producer, Raphael, and our technician as well.